Hi, it's Larry Herb, Xbox's Major Nelson. Welcome to the official Xbox podcast. Uh, we're here, we're ready to go, we're getting into the gaming season, and it's, again, another week. Jeff and Larry, it's the Jeff and Larry show. <laughs> Larry, like, just because Rebecca's not here does not mean you don't get to do the spiel at the beginning. You gotta talk, you gotta tell everybody all the stuff. All right, so, okay. for you know what? It, because Rebecca is not here this week, she's not here next week, but let's do this so that she's kind of here. <laughs> It's like leaving a leaving a spot for Elijah at the table um, at our seder. Exactly. This is maybe a deep cut, but but I I I get it. But uh, first of all, if you're just tuning in, thank you for joining us. This is the official Xbox podcast. My name is Larry Herb. Been on the Xbox team for almost 20 years, more than 20 years. Jeff's been on for about a decade. We uh, work on the team that helps. Eight years this week that I started. Congratulations! See, I remember that coming up. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary to Jeff. Uh, Thank you. But we're, uh, you know, we've got this show on on YouTube, on podcasts that you can like and subscribe. So if you like what you're hearing, we want to know about it. Drop something in the comments down below. You know how to do this. Look, you watch YouTube all the time. You know how to find us. Larry, it could be someone's, it could be the first time they've ever watched this show or listened to this show. And that's why you got to do it every time. I, look, I'm going to recommend you listen to like one of the kind of funny podcasts because they, they have like a, you know, the, what we call this is a boilerplate. I know. They make sure to hit all of those things and I can uh, it's good. It's good. It's a reminder. It sticks in here. But in the, in, I want to point out that in the comments, just, just be nice because somebody's mother could be drifting and reading those comments. Comments are very nice. I, so <laughs> I love, I love reading the comments. I went through uh, yesterday morning, two days ago um, and was looking through and again, good, good stuff. And then the number one thing was we miss Rebecca, which uh, if you miss Rebecca, think about us. We yeah, think about miss us. Rebecca. And there's always someone who reliably will say hi to right. Rebecca's mom. And it made me wonder, does Rebecca's mom watch the show when she's not on it? And in, I mean, we'll be well behaved just in case uh, Rebecca's That's mom is here. Hi, Rebecca's mom. We need it. We need a, we need to find out, but thanks yeah. to the, the commenters for keeping it real and, um, you know, making sure it's a welcoming place. Oh, I appreciate it. Agreed, Jeff. Uh, anyway, how you been this week? You and I haven't had a chance to game too much this week, because I see over your right shoulder, there's the there's the rear end of a car there. So apparently you've been playing lots of Forza. So I found, so Forza, I've always loved the Horizon series, uh, but Forza Horizon 5 has found a, a good role for me. The reason we haven't played together is we've been watching Squid Game. We just finished it up last night. My wife is the type of person who loves to binge a show. Are we talking about I'm it? Like, we could talk about it. And after each show, after each episode, I was like, there's no way we're doing another one, except for one, which leaves on a cliffhanger. Right. And which, where I was like, no, nah, you can't do that to us. And then I would come downstairs and I would put on headphones and I would just play Forge for like two hours until I stopped feeling sad. And Forza's Forza Horizon Five done a great job of like putting me in like a it's your a eye bleach mood. <laughs> it's, it's my soul bleach, Larry. It because it goes deeper than just visuals. Fair point. And uh, that because you know that show is pretty relentlessly depressing. Good show. I did enjoy it. It wasn't just hype, which I was very happy to see. Um, now I, a few I weeks ago when we were in studio, uh, we yep. talked about it when you couldn't join us when you were on the road uh, when you were we were actually down in Mexico and. Uh, Rebecca and I talked a little bit about it. We tried to tiptoe around the spoilers out of respect for people that haven't seen it. But that said, did you? How did you rate it on your? Because you've watched a lot of Korean dramas, K dramas before. How did you rate it in the in your universe of K dramas? 
Well, it's funny. Like um, the my favorite Korean show until this point had been Vagabond, which is also on Netflix and has a really good, a little bit more heart, uh, longer show, but had like some really cool moments. It's sort of like a spy drama, but not really. It, anyway, it's a good show. It's got Susie Bay in it, and if you know, you know. But uh, this was really good. This was this was a, this was a good show. Even if again, I thought it was like, it didn't need to be that violent. Uh, you know, I don't think so, but I thought it, as the show went on, it got better because you start to care right. about certain people. Um, I had a few good predictions that I made in like episode one that, that did land and a few that I was very, very far off on. But uh, anyway, good show. I mean, it seems pretty clear that, well, no, I don't even want to say that, but I, I'm sure we have not seen the last of Squid Game. It, it just would seem with its popularity and the way the season ended that it feels like uh, there could be more down the line, but anyway, really, really cool show. But, you're, but more importantly, you're using Forza to scrub your soul. Again, it just felt much better afterwards. I la- especially last night after I finished, I think I played three hours of Forza, and, wow. I, and it wasn't even. I was even doing events. I was like, I'm just going to drive around and hit XP boards, just listen to the music. What's your so I s- looks like jumps looks like an Audi there. What is your preferred ride to to kind of do that open world driving around? Do you have one? Yeah, I, uh, I I generally like to use something that's a little more rugged because I mean t- you don't follow the roads, do you? It's like <laughs> oh, that's three miles. It, it's like it's six miles that way, you know. And, and the, the waypoints up like a over a hill, a up over the hill. You're like, let's go straight. Hey, it's yeah. it's just standard geometry. The straightest distance between two points is a straight line. The shortest so distance. It, in that time, I think the the vehicle I've used the most this week. <laughs> And this is so cliche. This is so like noob. Is I use the warthog. I use the warthog. At the oh, so you bought week. you bought the warthog using the in-game in-game currency. Of course, of course. Did you see and, the Did uh, you see the Easter egg on it? What? No. What? It well, and again, unfortunately, some of our European counterparts won't see this, but the max speed is one seventeen miles an hour. Is it really? <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> Yeah, that's 170 kilometers an hour would be a little bit a little bit slow. Yeah, right. it's 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 just an it's a vehicle that cannot be phased. Like right. like no matter what, it lands on its feet, and so <laughs> and I feel like they've re- kind of nailed the steering because the steering on the like when you're driving in a in a Halo game, it's a little you know it's a little different. You control using the camera really, and um, but and it, it almost as, feels as like all four tails, wheels turn right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does because I, I did get caught on like a rock, and I was noticing like how they speed up and slow down, and the detail in the game is just phenomenal. But it's so good, I just can't stop playing it. Yes, please. Is that it. your preferred view? This third person back, you know, behind the, I didn't know if you were like yeah. in the car or what's your view? No, I'm a third person. View. I like to just see that because like so much work must go into like the, the, the dash view yeah. and, uh, and like this so much, because work it's not just, it's not just a dash view. They're custom to every car. It's accurate. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's so amazing. And sometimes like if there's a car I've been in, I love to look at it. But it's just much harder, just from a skill perspective, because you just don't have. I do like that you can, you know, uh, you could sort of look around like this in the car while right, you're driving, look. and there's a there's yeah exactly, and which is really cool. But at the same time, uh, I'm like, wait, how far can I? Go? There we go. That's the stuff. Actually, I think I might do just the first chase. I think that's where I, what I do. Uh, also, the hood view is sometimes uh, a good one as well. But again, I want to win, and so it's more about. Yeah, that's not a bad view because you get a little bit more field of view on it. I'm curious, yeah. what do, what do you use, Larry? 
I use the third person as well, but sometimes when I'm like, stop, you're right. I stop and I just want to, I want to enjoy, and I, I don't have it up on, I you can't see my uh, screen here and I don't have my console with it loaded on, but I, I sometimes want to go into the cockpit and, and switch over to you. What? We're, you're on the one shot. Okay. <laughs> you missed mixed up your preview and your program. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing it all over here. We've all been there. We've all but, been there. Um, I, uh, I really just like to sometimes I, I do use the third person view much like you do, but then I do want to get into the cockpit because you know, some of the cars, maybe I own some of these cars and I want to see if I remember it. Or sometimes I, you know, I wish I had aspirations to be inside what it's like. Cause I, I remember we did a Forza event. This is before you joined the team. I think Jeff, where it was a Forza event proper. And they had a, but they, we brought, they brought us out to somewhere in Northern Washington, like up near the Vancouver border. And we drove a bunch of really, really, really expensive cars that were in the game, like a Bentley and the Mercedes that has the Gullwing. And I drove all those cars and my general senses. I mean, at, at one point I think I drove like two and a half million dollars worth of cars that day. It was ridiculous, but my senses and my gut is, cause you've driven, you've been in some of these supercars is what, what, what life do you think I live, Larry? <laughs> you've never been in, you've been in some, you've not driving a car. No. Okay. The, the, the deep, the deep, dirty, dark secret of these supercars is they are terribly uncomfortable. They are ridiculously, and sometimes they're almost impossible to get in or out of. I mean, no, there's there's YouTube videos of like large, uh, you know, like men, grown men trying to get in and out of them, and it's 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 not easy. But uh, I love getting in. Like one of my favorites, actually, the one I like driving the most was the Bentley. Well, Do you want to know why? Like a refined car, but tell me. It was it was like driving a living room on wheels. <laughs> It was so, to your point, it was so refined. It was so smooth. You just kind of glided down the road and it was just absorbing everything. But, um, but no, I, I, I'm sorry. We, we got totally distracted. I, I, I really like the cockpit view to your point because, you know, you could, I like seeing the tachometer go up and the speedometer go up and things happen. I almost wish, I mean, there's no reason to have it because the way you drive, I almost wish there was like signal lights so you can turn the blinkers on and off, but you don't need that. Larry stops at all the stop signs and it'll no, I, no, no, no. According and trust me, the internet. I know you'll come at me with this. My drive avatar is ruthless. I mean, it'll just <laughs> it'll run you off the road. It's my favorite thing about every time a new Forza game is released. Like inevitably, I get some tweets or even I got a call last night. Like, what is with your drive avatar? It is like possessed, and it's the way. I mean, it is the way I drive. Like I'm like uh, the shortest distance between two points is a line. And yep. if you happen to be on that line, I'm going to push you off of it. Exactly. You're just going to trade it. some paint. So. Yes. <laughs> at minimum. At minimum. <laughs> and I've heard it from a few people and it just makes me feel good. Like they've captured my essence in, you know, AI form. It's, it's pretty funny anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time with Forza too. I just need to spend more time with it. Phil and I did a couple of races. I think it was Friday night when he came, cause it was in early. You know, for those people that were able to unlock it early. Um, uh, and so I played with Phil, and that was a lot of fun uh, playing with Phil because he's just, he's ruthless um, as well. But yeah, I've played a little bit. Well, you and I need to play, and we need to get Rebecca in as well, and maybe some community members and get a convoy going. That would be fun. Uh, yeah, there's the arcade stuff, which is really cool. Uh, Did you, you try the Battle Royale stuff? Um, I would love to do the Eliminator. I've done it in Forza Horizon 4. I haven't done okay. it yet in five but i will in fact one of the challenges for for 
the current season, which is about to run, is to is to finish in the top thirty. Right. So I think probably I'll jump. Oh, into I, that I finished. Tonight. I think I finished in thirty-two. I need to make a run at it again. Yeah, you'll get some of the points. So there's all these different activities when you uh, when you I actually close my window. So I don't know uh, what we're we're looking at right now. But uh, these because I did want to bring up a tweet. But when you go into the into the pause menu here and you uh, you go over there. So these are the this is the spring season as we record this now. It let me let me go let me go full screen on live. you. There you go. And and you see like oh if you get X amount so I have twelve points for the season so far. And if I, I want to get that NSX, that is like my favorite car of all time. Is really this, uh, uh, Acura NSX or Honda NSX in, in Japan. And so if you do these different activities, then so I'm like somewhat pro- progressed on this. And here's some of the dailies, so I can go and do these dailies. Um, and then one of them, and there's a Horizon Arcade, and you get X amount of points for doing each of them. So I've done some of them, as you can see, uh, the one with the Mercedes AMG. So you get by finishing these activities in the right um, vehicle, you'll get uh, a car, you'll get a wheel spin, or whatever you right. see right there. But then you also get the points, and those points add up per season. And so there's daily and and weekly activities to do. So I'm close to getting the the first car there, but um, I'm going to have to really get after it tonight for the uh, the NSX, which is which is really cool. I just wanted to call it. You mentioned you were playing with Phil, and and he tweeted out, um, and this was on day one on well on. on uh, I guess 24 hours or so after, no, it was day one. It was on launch day on Tuesday. Yeah. And he said, you know, we've invested in Xbox for years in Xbox so more people could play with 4.5 million players so far across PC, cloud, and console. Forza Horizon 5 shows that promise coming to life. The largest launch day for an Xbox Game Studios game with peak concurrence three times the peak of Forza Horizon 4. Right. So thank you, players, and congrats to Playground Games. So that's just great. I love that so many people are jumping in, uh, whether it's through Game Pass or whether they got the you know the deluxe edition uh, that where they jumped in on Friday or they had Game Pass and they bought the upgrade that allowed them to play early, which it seems like a lot of people did as well. So it's just really cool to look on your friends list and everybody's playing it and you're seeing the drive. Like Aubrey, who works at, at Turn 10. She just like drove by me and then she like she did a donut right in front of me. She like 180 in front right. of me. So I was like messing with the setting and then she just honks at me. And of course, her honk was like the Windows XP shutdown or something, right. some crazy thing like that. And I think mine was like a royal fanfare. And it was just really fun. And then we just, you know, what's, what's off so in the game, a lot of people, I don't know if you know this, but you can go into the settings and, and, and you can have the AI call you by your name. What name have you chosen? What did, did I say? Oh my God. I'm going to have to go and look. Uh, I, I think I said like chief. I like it to be like a little like sarcastic. Like, okay, chief, let's, let's get out of here. Well, you know, um, cause my name, well, my name is in there, but I didn't want to use my name. Is yours I, in there? It's the same major. It does. <laughs> it does. Well, there we go. I thank you playground for adding that in. I was stunned. I saw Rod Ferguson complaining that Rod was not was not in there, and so he picked something something crazy. And there's some funny stuff in there, but um, okay, well that's that's good to know. We got to get into that. Um, so you're playing Forza. Um, I had a chance to, and I don't I don't know if I've, I I can't really show right now because it's it's kind of at the far end of my screen. But I had a chance to. Um, I finished Far Cry Six. Uh, oh, it's right, it's right here. Yes, we started off together, and then I got sort of tied up with travel, and you you continued on in Yara and. Uh, how, that's that's good to hear. I wrap that up. So that's really that was between that uh, and Forza and that this week. Those are really the only things I've had a chance to play. And that you know, for, uh, Far Cry Six. There's a lot, as with most Ubisoft open world games as of late. There's a lot there. So it, it was uh, it was moving it along, right? 
Yeah, at some point it's like, okay, I, I always start these games with like the best of intentions. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to 1K it. And then at some point I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm uh, there's other stuff coming out and I'm going to just like hit the golden path. But it's, I mean, it's good if, you know, you want to focus on a game that there's so much there. Uh, and there's yeah, I ended up down some, so some weird sidetrack, some side uh, quest, which was, I had to like uh, protect somebody who was a, a drag queen who was doing a show. And it was very strange. It was a lot of fun. It was a very different, uh, it was a very different type of side quest. Um, so I, I, I got back into it. Speaking of like interesting side quests, uh, I got back into lost judgment, um, which is from the makers of Yakuza. Uh, it's a great game. Uh, the first game is like kind of like very serious. You're tracking down a serial killer right. and, and it's possible that this game will be serious too, but where I'm at, I'm essentially, it's like, almost like 21 jump street i've gone undercover at a high school to how do to you do fellow kids criminal activity he's <laughs> very much an element of that i'm like skateboarding to school yeah and uh i mean like you're a, an advisor it's like no you're not pretending to be a student but at some point i ended up going down a rabbit hole of a side quest where which you don't have to do at all where i'm coaching the dance team to the regional finals <laughs> And I'm like, this is not what I expected to be doing. But but and you're using your kung fu as like dance moves, and it's just so ridiculous that I love it. I love so, it. Yeah, that's 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 the beauty of those games. It um, is. Anyway, hey, we should uh, we got we got some interviews, and then we got some news coming up. Do you want to do you want to do a break for the interviews? Yeah, why don't we do that? So, a um, couple of them today. First off, I got to speak with. Hey, this is launch week, launch day, even. Uh, for Battlefield 2042. We'll talk about that in a minute. So I got to speak with Daniel Berlin, who's the senior design director of Battlefield 2042. And then Larry, a touching story, actually, uh, with Minnie Kyra, the CEO of Backbone, which you might know as the um, adaptive uh, controller that can go around your iPhone, which is really cool too. So let's talk to them and then we'll come back and recap. It is Battlefield 2042 Early access launch day, and I couldn't be more pleased to be joined by Daniel Berlin, joining us all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. He is the design director of Battlefield 2042, and people are playing. What, what, what does it feel like to, to finally, you know, have people, you know, they've got their hands on the sticks or mouse and keyboard, and they're out there playing? It's, uh, I think it's a pretty surreal feeling, to be honest. Um, there's, been, there's been a lot of hard work on this game. Um, the team has put their heart and soul into this. Um, so seeing it all come to flourishing today is, uh, is super cool, to be honest. Um, it's so fun to see the early access hopping on today. Um, I'm going to hop on myself as soon as, as soon as I get out of here, pretty much. Uh, and hopefully I'll be able to, uh, if my, if my kids allow it, I'm going to kind of play all night pretty much. Yeah, I'm definitely planning on spending most of the weekend playing, uh, playing Battlefield. For those who, um, maybe participated in, uh, you know, early, like the beta and they're playing now. What do you think, what are some of the differences? Like, what are the, the lessons learned? I know EA has always been great at saying we're doing a, a beta here and here's what we're applying into the, into the finished product. So what are some of those things you're looking at or you have looked at and so, implemented? <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I mean, there's been a, there's been a ton of updates since the beta, I'd say. Um, so some of the core features of Battlefield wasn't actually in the beta. Um, they like the, the possibility to bring up the big map, for example, to be able to navigate the battlefield and see which points you own and all these things. Um, these things have moved into the, um, the full game and the full release now. Um, on top of that, we, we got a lot of feedback on the, um, the kill feed and the, um, the general team play, um, as well. 
um, about how you actually get points for team play actions, such as healing, such as um, uh, giving ammo and all these things. So all these things have moved into to, to the kill feed. So that type of communication is much tighter uh, and much slicker. Um, and just a bunch of, of, of balancing, a bunch of um, um, just core fixes, bug fixes um, in general. So, so definitely a step up from the beta um, for us here. All right. So um, I know uh, during the week, a lot of media and creators were, they were getting their hands on with with Hazard Zone, and and if you're you're going to be playing that mode, and you're going to be uh, picking your squad, I, I feel like squad uh, composition is just super important for success. Battlefield more than more than most shooters, mm-hmm. it's a team sport. It's not just necessarily racking up. You know how many? Um, what's your KDR? It's it's and that, what I've always enjoyed about it is is focusing on the objectives and, you know, helping out my mm. team. I'm an engineer, like at heart is my, is the world that I enjoy. I love fixing stuff. And, um, cause in real life, I don't fix anything. I only break things, but in battlefield, I can, I can fix things. It's, it's, it's empowering. So w- from a squad setup, like what, what have you been seeing be successful? What should people be thinking about? Is they're recruiting their friends and being yeah. like, no, you should shoot that. Mm. I think it's very different also which which of the experiences you're playing. Um, you know, if you're in the all-out warfare section, playing breakthrough, playing conquest, or you're in the hazard zone. And I say hazard zone specifically um, is is that experience where you know team play is really, really at the heart of it, and you are required uh, to play together with your squad to be successful. Uh, soloing and hazard zone will will definitely make it uh, more difficult. So whenever you play hazard zone as well. Uh, important to, to note is that even if you match make on your own, you will actually be match made into a full squad of players. So you will always be grouped with um, other players, even if you don't um, have, a, have, have a party beforehand and join as a group. Um, but as a question in terms of uh, squad compositions, I think this is something that really sits there and we're really promoting it really, really strong in Hazard Zone. And you'll notice that only by quickly joining uh, the mode. Um, because there's a completely different join flow in Hazard Zone, where you're actually going through a a, a shared loadout phase, basically um, a phase where you're building your squad together and you're choosing what type of gear you want to have together before the match starts and before you're actually even inserted and deployed. Um, and there's also particular um, gadgetry that is only available in um, in uh, Hazard Zone, such as the uh, uh, the Intel scanner. Um, but also the, the, the addition of the tactical upgrades, uh, which is an addition that is only available um, in, um, in Hazard Zone as well, which are boosts to uh, your squad that you have to purchase every time you go in to play the mode. And if, you, uh, if your specialist actually does not manage to extract out of the Hazard Zone, um, you will lose all those things that you bought for your, for your specialist and, and, and you will leave with nothing, basically. So the stakes are... Stakes are high in this mode. Um, but in terms of the composition of which specialists to choose, and this is one of the things that I'm mostly excited about today, actually, is to see once we release this beast in the wild now, um, uh, which squad compositions are going to be, you know, metas. Uh, what are we going to see? And we've seen a couple of them internally. Um, and um, I have a couple of favorites myself um, that me, me and the friends in the office usually usually one with and one of them is a very defensive type of setup where we use um, um, almost like Irish as, as, as the core foundation of the squad um, because he has the ability to place out these uh, these portable covers basically um, and he can place out two of them um, combining then those portable covers with uh, Boris who can bring in the um, the sentry turret 
um, you can almost create this little uh, little nest, this little base around it. So, so it's super cool. And if you then throw um, Angel into the mix, who has the ability to call in a, um, a supply pack, basically, so you can, you can resupply your ammo um, at any point. Now you basically have, you have cover, you have automated sentries, you have a resupply uh, section right next to you. And then we throw in Falk at the back of that. And now you have your healer as well. So now you have this perfectly built squad to be able to protect that particular um, a particular location that you might want to protect when you're playing. So that's one of my favorites. I can give you more, but I don't know if you want to move on with other questions. Or you have to interrupt me because I have a tendency to uh, keep talking. No, it's great. You're, this is why we wanted you on here. You got me thinking. And I'm like, that's all. That sounds like a like an impregnable fortress unless someone throws a grenade in like just the right spot, and then and then it all, you know, that you have your heels. Actually, there, so. on that point, which is really good yeah. uh, to mention, is that Irish's uh, actually has has two versions of 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 the um, his. Uh, his, his specialist gadgets, basically. So one is the the, the big cover he can place down. But he, mm-hmm. if you bring up the plus menu, when you have this up, you can actually bring in a tool which can be placed on the ground that will automatically shoot down incoming grenades and rockets as well. So you can defend yourself from uh, incoming okay. rockets by having this tool placed on the ground. And a real neat trick that I want to give uh, as a little tip to the players out there as they're entering the hazard zone this particular one is great to have when you're running towards the condor to escape for the extraction because uh place that down right at the door as you're waiting for the condor to leave uh, and you, you'll basically uh, make sure that no enemies can start chucking grenades at you shoot rockets at you when you're trying to escape in the in the condor basically right. that is a that is a a pro tip from uh the, the from the source <laughs> though that is something i think I've, i'm very much going to be uh picking that one and and, and running with that and be like Nah, I got this. Watch this. This is great. So behind me, and in actually in some of the footage we just showed, I mean the verticality of these these levels is just like it's mind boggling, and I can't wait. You just you know t- jumping off the top of the building through the storm and everything, and and, and very very mm. much looking forward to get hands on. But not parachutes, it's like wingsuits. So talk about the wingsuits and yeah. how we're going to see a little bit here how those came together, and and you know there's always like sort of that classic battlefield. Um, thing that you, you know you're going to be seeing on like you'll probably be seeing it on TikTok this time where someone's way up in the air <laughs> yeah. they jump out of a vehicle they wingsuit they land on someone else's or they or they they blow it up and they get back into their own plane or chopper or something like that um, so mm. I, I'm just I would love to hear some of the cool stuff you're seeing with the wingsuit um, with your internal tests or in early play sessions where you're like this is it's going to enable some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. For first thing, I just want to point out the thing that you mentioned with the verticality, because that is something that was that was something we really pushed for uh, in twenty forty two. Coming from Battlefield one and Battlefield five, where we were seeing the battlefield set in in a different time, verticality wasn't as big of a thing back then. But now, going to this modern era, verticality has become um, a constant on all of our maps, basically. Uh, which is super interesting, super fun, and also introducing the zip lines everywhere. So you can just uh, we call we internally we say that you zippy, you zippy up, you zippy down um, to all these different verticality uh, locations. This is super super fun. Um, but of course, introduction of the wingsuit. So the wingsuit is a uh, is a trait that is bound to a particular specialist, and the particular specialist is uh, is Sundance, um, and they have this wingsuit as their um, their passive trait. So whenever you're falling, as in the footage right now, you basically just press jump, and then um, they do a little roll, and then whoop, off you go. Um, but you have to use the momentum and the speed 
because um, it's, it, it's not flying per se, it's gliding, right? Uh, so if you want to gain more, more velocity, you got to dive and then you can use that yeah. velocity to, to, to gain, uh, to gain up uh, altitude again. Um, and eventually you're going to have to stick that landing. So you're going to have to be a little bit uh, careful with that. Too many times I've been, uh, I've been jumping off, like in the clip we just saw, like that cool clip, but then uh, my skills were lacking. So I just crashed head first right into one of those skyscrapers instead. And it, and it just makes those hilarious moments. But um, in general, we, we saw a lot of the community um, and also internally, to be honest, like everyone always talks about Davenman Peak from Battlefield 3. That moment when you just started off and you, you started in your HQ and you jumped off and then you, mm-hmm. you scurried down to the map. And that was that big moment. Um, what we wanted to do with this game is to introduce that type of verticality. Um, but not just for your, you know, initial spawn and then you jump and then that was that, but actually having the ability for you to come back up to those points with the zip lines or to be dropped off with the helicopters. Um, so these, these really, really, really high peaks that you find in Battlefield 2042, they're not just an HQ location that you jump off from. They're, those are capture points, uh, the top of skyscrapers and, and so on and so forth. Um, so really, really excited to, to see what kind of uh, gameplay our players will, will, will produce um, use in the verticality of the game. So you've mentioned a couple times, you've mentioned some previous battlefields, obviously they took place in various different times throughout, you know, the last century and more than a century at this point. And, um, and, and we're going to be seeing some of these maps from these games come back through portal. We talked extensively about portal. Um, mm. last time we had, we had a guest, um, uh, onto this show. Um, but I'm just actually curious now I'm thinking about it. Like, um, you know, how'd you pick the, the maps that will be resurfacing here in 2042 for, for use in Portal? And like, what kind of changes, uh, you know, some of those were from previous generations and things like that. What kind of changes did you do you add to those to, uh, you know, make them fit seamlessly within, uh, you know, the full package of uh, Battlefield 2042? I think it's important to mention that the Portal is very much w- within the package of 2042. Everything is... Um, is within one that one experience, right? So mm-hmm. everything you do within the game, for example, then then does translate into your general progression. So you you, you can play um, pretty pretty freely across the board um, um, the different experiences, everything from all that warfare to hazard zone to to portal. But I, I would like to almost say that I want to leave the questions for portal for for ripple effect because they have all those you know details about um, why they chose this and that map, um, and they'll be much better. Um, um, suited to answer those questions, I think. All right. No worries. So what uh, I would say as we wrap up here and, you know, people are going to be able to get in or they're able to get in today, uh, you know, through the power of, uh, of EA Play and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Game Pass for PC, um, or if they, you know, they bought the gold of the ultimate version of the game. Uh, but, you know, any 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 parting words here, anything that uh, you want to make sure people <laughs> notice as they're jumping in? Because once the, ma- you know, the battle starts, it gets you, you get a little bit of tunnel vision sometimes because it's so intense. There's so many players. Um, what do you want to make sure people yeah. do? How do they maintain their cool? I think it's um, for players. It, I think it's important to kind of choose the experience they want to start off with, um, and and how do you want to kind of you know digest 2042? If you say if you can say it like that. Um, as I think it's at, at the very base we have of course all that warfare, which features conquest and breakthrough, which are two fan favorite modes. Um, and then, of course, blown up to 128 players on the uh, Xbox Series X, um, and it's like and PC, of course. Um, but we, what we've done is also we 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 really leaned into the experiences to make sure that they 
um, they become the best versions of themselves. So Quanker is, is, is almost back to the, the, to the, to the, to the roots of conquest, where it's like, it's this big, vast, sprawling landscapes where you have the ability to call in a vehicle, um, at any point to just land it in front, right in front of your feet and then hop in with your squad and, uh, and just partake in the ultimate sandbox, right? Just, you want to go over there and have a close quarters fight, do that. You want to go for some crazy verticality with some sniper rifles and, and, and do that type of role, do that. You want to be on a helicopter. Everything is available at all times to you in Conquest. It's the ultimate sandbox, um, play the objective, uh, and have fun with your friends. And then you have Breakthrough, which I can, it's almost like I want to describe it as like, you know, the, the reveal trailer. It's, it's like having that reveal trailer just happening constantly. That high pace, 128 players, 64 players just clashing uh, in a front war. You always know what enemies coming from. They're coming from right there. And then it's just these massive, massive battles. And they take you on a journey throughout, um, throughout the battlefield. So I think for new players um, that are new to Battlefield, I think Breakthrough is a really good starting point because it's a little bit more directed. Uh, it's very clear where you should go um, and that type of stuff. And then, of course, you know, Hazard Zone. Um, which has a completely different pacing uh, than what you see in, uh, in the all-out warfare modes. It's this really tense um, squad, squad-centric squad mode where you really need to rely on uh, what you choose, what you choose to bring, what your friends choose to bring. Um, and there's so many different ways to play Hazard Zone, which makes it um, so varied. You can hop in and decide to be like, hey, we're not even going to go. Uh, around to to try to find the data drives. We're just going to skulk around and be sneaky. Um, and then at the end of it, we're going to ambush the the last extraction location and we're just going to try to kill the squad that's trying to get out and steal all their stuff and then jump in ourselves. Um, so there's ways to play passively. There's ways to, uh, ways to play aggressively. Um, if you're using the Intel scanner in the correct way, for example, uh, you can be a squad that is solely out there to hunt other squads. Um, because if you pick up uh, a data drive, the Intel scanner can still see it. So you, if you bring that up and you start looking around, you see an indicator that it's actually moving. That's a data drive that's being carried by a player. So now you can start skulking them. You can actually mark them. Uh, and when you mark them, they will be notified that like, oh, crap, someone is marking us. They're on our tail. So now they can start saying, like, okay, let's set up an ambush for them. You know, um, We've seen some pretty cool tactics internally where um, one squad actually decided to just let a single player in their squad pick up all their intel, all their data drives, and they use that 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 person as a as a as a, what do you call it uh, a decoy, bait. Uh, yeah. a bait. Yes, to use them as use them as bait to put them in the middle of a room, and then me and my squad we were just like, oh, it's right there, let's get them, and then none of the other ones had any data drives on them, so we couldn't see them on the scanner, yeah. um, and then they just murdered us and took our stuff. Um, you know, we lost, but it was still fun in that regard. Um, and then of course, outside of Hazard Zone, you have, you know, Portal, um, the community-driven place where you can play um, anything that Battlefield 2042 has to offer, make your own rules, play it the way you want. Um, if you want to play with, you know, the old classic classes, for example, from Battlefield 3 or from Bad Company 2, um, you can do that. Um, you can do that on a um, 2042 map if you want to. You can bring the specialists into um, Valaparicio for Bad Company too. Um, it's basically a, a a love letter to our to our fans. Um, we know there's so many community-driven efforts around Battlefield with um, setting up, you know, Friday Night Battlefield and all these things, you know. 
Um, so I think Portal is going to be uh, the go-to place um, to be able to, to get great community experiences for that. Um, so taking a step back then and looking at this, it is a massive game, to be honest. It's, uh, we're super proud of it. Um, All Out Warfare, Hazard Zone, uh, Portal, and this is only the beginning, right? I mean, we're, we're going to be uh, continuously building this game um, throughout the live service and adding more content and a lot of stuff to come. So uh, stay tuned. We're, uh, we're far from done here. Daniel Berlin, thank you so much for joining us here on what I know is a very busy day with early access launch day. Once again, that's applicable. If you bought yeah. the game and you bought the, you know, the deluxe, the, the gold version, the ultimate version, you already know that. But if you're an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate member or uh, an Xbox Game Pass for PC member, definitely check out EA Play. It gives you early access to the game. And uh, so much to play this weekend, so much to come down the line. Yeah. Definitely appreciate you coming out. And I know Larry and I uh, and Rebecca, you have to join us too. We're going to be getting in this weekend and we're going to need more for a squad. So uh, we'll see you on the battlefield. Nice. See you on the battlefield. Holidays are coming up, and we know we like to game. We like to go everywhere and take our games with us. If you haven't heard of this device before, this is the Backbone. And you can kind of, this is actually my, my personal phone here. This is an amazing device that plugs to your phone, and you can game on the go and, uh, with xCloud and a bunch of other services. And I have today with me, let me bring him in here. Manith Kyra, who's the inventor, the CEO, the the brains behind this device. Manith, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. I got to tell you, it's it's so exciting to talk to you because you have been working on this device for a long time. Tell me yeah. about the journey that brought this device to market because it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, uh, definitely been uh, quite the long haul. So the company was founded in 2017, 2018, and I, I like to tell the origin story because I think people find it somewhat entertaining, but I was actually an intern at uh, YouTube um, and summer of like 2018-ish roughly, and pretty much every single day after work, my friends and I, we'd all get back home from work and we'd all play Fortnite right. on our phones together, which sounds like a really crazy idea. Like, why would you play Fortnite on your phone when you own multiple gaming consoles? Like pretty much every gaming console and multiple high-end gaming PCs, like, inside of your house. The yeah. reason we do it, it was actually the first time that we could all easily play the same game together. Cause I mean, even in 2021, like playing games, with your friends, massive amount of activation energy, but obviously mobile device, lowest common denominator. So we could all play. And this is roughly around the time when Epic released the update to Fortnite that let you run the game at 60 FPS right. on a latest generation iPhone, which at the time, I mean, you can imagine we were just sitting there totally floored and completely flabbergasted how it's physically possible right. you could run a game at that level of fidelity like on a phone. Right. Um, and, you know, as we're sitting there playing, we realize, oh my gosh, the game just runs so incredibly well, but the actual experience of playing the game doesn't really feel all that great. Sure. And we said, hey, what if through a combination of software and hardware, we could actually make that experience a lot better? And we're actually mostly thinking about software at the time. And uh, somewhat contemporaneously, and I was working at Google, I was really lucky to be in the right place at the right time where I got to see a very, very early demo of Stadia. Mm -hmm. And if you remember back in that, in that time, uh, so John Carmack, the CTO of Oculus, I always tell this to my team, he kind of described the experience of trying, trying the Oculus Rift for the first time as sort of like experiencing religion on contact. Sure. You like put on you try VR and you're just like, I want to tell five or 10 people about this. That was right. incredible. I think the experience of playing a game like Halo on your phone for the first time if you're a gamer is equally if not more more shocking right and that was the experience that i had in like 2018 i got to see a demo of i 
forget what game it was. I think it was like Lara Croft Tomb Raider or Destiny running on an Android phone. And I was just, just so in awe of the experience. And I was like, we have to build something to make this experience like really, really, really great. Right. And to kind of synthesize the vision of the company in a nutshell, I would kind of describe it as follows, like pretty much every single major industry player, not just within gaming, but within technology large. And this is what I saw firsthand when I was at Google has just been ruthlessly focused on bringing this massive, massive slate of great gaming content to mobile devices. And, you know, in this sort of relentless drive to just bring all these games, we realized that this equally large opportunity had kind of fallen by the wayside, which is that everyone had been so focused on just getting the games to run on mobile devices that it didn't really feel like anyone was thinking about how to make the experience of playing these games super duper fun. Almost like a last mile problem, if you will. Like, yes, it's great. I can run Call of Duty at 1080p 60fps on my phone, right. but the experience of playing it you know, isn't really as good as it could be or ought to. Yeah, once you get and outside, really you know, once you get outside, I mean, certainly the, the the phones of today are so technologically advanced. They look great, sixty frames per second and beyond. But once you get outside the screen, that interface with the human, with you, the player, is it's rough at best, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, and I was I remember I listened to this uh, interview that Phil Spencer did, where he talked about when he evaluates the first party games that they uh, they design at, at Xbox. Um, one of the things he looks for is how does input feel, right? right? Like, is the connection between my brain and the game completely seamless? Right. And across both bits and atoms, we really sought to improve it on like pretty much every single dimension. So every aspe- aspect of the device is uh, super considered. Um, we can talk more about that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really quite extraordinary what you've done here because it seems so simple, and I, I don't want to take away what your team has done because shipping hardware is insanely <laughs> difficult. Doing it during a pandemic is ridiculously insanely difficult, but you guys have managed to, you know, here's the device here. You saw me holding it up, but here's the, the, the beauty shot, as we call it, of the device, mm-hmm. and that's it right there, and it just snaps right in. You can see a great example here, Sea of Thieves, amazing, amazing on the device. But you guys have really combined it because you can. This is your own launcher area right here, the Backboat app. That kind of you can see an entry point into Xbox Game Pass. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But it really, you guys have a bunch of different, really great things that you've done with it to really close that gap. Like you, you talked about Phil Spencer, and I also want to point something out. And you did not, you and I did not talk about this beforehand. I have here the letter you wrote me. <laughs> and this is a letter, an actual letter for you, Mini, and it was the kindest letter I've ever gotten. This was probably about a year and a half ago. Do you remember this letter? I do. I do. I remember writing it. Yeah. And I have this posted in my office because it meant, and I won't read it here on the air because it was, you know, you, you really, you just talk about how, you know, Xbox and some of the work that I've done, and granted, I've just done a little part of work at Xbox, really inspired you from when you were playing Halo 3. So when you sent me, you sent this at 4.31 in the morning. I, I, I seriously, I read this about once a week because it's so meaningful to me. And when I see this, and then in the in the box, you had one of the first devices. And I right. was so, I was, I, I had actually, I got to be honest with you, it kind of brought a tear to my eye because I was so excited and enthralled and inspired by what you've done here and your your vision here and how clear it was to 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 ship this device and it is a fun device to use so congratulations so i just want to let you know that i know that you say in here that xbox and what the work i've done had an impact on you but you've had a massive impact on me because of what you've written here and 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 shipping the product because i know it's hard thank you I, I really appreciate it and obviously uh definitely i've come a long way since uh really decided to say that 
a couple of days ago, Backbone actually got featured in the New York Times holiday gift guide, like right up there with the, the Quest 2. And the reviews have been absolutely incredible, like a 9 out of 10 from The Verge and across all of the major gaming media, just incredible uh, re- reception from throughout the industry. So really we excited talk- about it. Yeah. We, again, congratulations. We talked a little bit about it, but you, you're kind of this uh, th- this bridge across. We have we cur- certainly we have remote play with the console with Xbox. We have xCloud. Mm-hmm. It works with xCloud. You work with Stadia, Luna, I mean, pretty much everybody out there because you want to make sure that, again, you can close that gap between the human and the connection. Bringing the games to the device is is the service providers. I don't want to say problem, but that's their area. You're kind of filling in that gap of making it a little bit more special, right? Exactly. Yeah. As I described before, you know, everyone's really focused on the content. Backbone's focused on the experience of playing all those different types of of games. And it's really interesting because there's so many disparate gaming experiences that you can now have on a mobile device. And I say this stat all the time, just internally, because it's really interesting, like six out of the eight gaming services, at least in their current incarnation, that you can play on Backbone didn't exist 12 months ago. Right. And same for five of the top 10 games. Right. So, I mean, we're really at the, uh, really at the bleeding edge here, both on like mobile software, you know, loose, using all the latest like technology around mobile, but also with just the games industry in general, kind of uh, using this as a direction of travel. So, I mean, there's so many disparate, and I think it's useful to just talk about like what you can do on your phone now. Cause I, I just don't, I think there's like an awareness problem where like a, a lot of uh, players are just now starting to realize that like, you know, remote play is a thing or like you can now do Xbox cloud gaming because it's still very nascent. Right. Right. So, uh, as context, like, you know, backbone users, if you go in our community, there's probably nowhere else in the, in the world right now where people talk about going from playing, you know, Call of Duty mobile to then playing, you know, Deathloop on their PlayStation 5 remote play, right. and then playing, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 on NVIDIA GeForce Now, um, you know, all, you know, in kind of in the same breath and more frequently than not while on the toilet. Right. And of course, all these like disparate experiences that you can now have, there isn't really like a connective tissue between all of them. And that's what really what Backbone aims to build with its software. And that's why Backbone is kind of this, like, we're trying to build this feature rich home for gaming on a mobile device. Uh, and a useful analogy that we we kind of use internally is almost like Roku, right? In many ways, the origin story of Backbone parallels it, where you know it was very clear that all these streaming services were going to arrive in the living room, uh, and therefore there needed to be a device and platform on which all of these could be played. Right. And somewhat analogously, Backbone aims to be like the feature-rich home for gaming on a mobile device. You can play all these different types of services. So, what exactly can you play? Because I, I mean, that's the most important thing. Like, what games can you play? Um, well, there's a few things you can play almost. Uh, any native app store uh, games, you know, that's Call of Duty Mobile, Minecraft, Roblox, all the major titles. But perhaps most interestingly, and this is something that took off that we didn't quite expect, to be honest. I think we overestimated the appeal of like native mobile games in the near term. Sure. And perhaps underestimated the appeal of remote play. So remote play is this phenomenon where you can actually play your Xbox or PlayStation or Steam games on your phone by streaming, say, for example, your Xbox Series X yep. to your phone. Right. And, uh, you know, first we thought, you know, how's, how are people going to do that? Why wouldn't they just use xCloud? But it's this really appealing thing because if you think about it, average American household has an Xbox or PlayStation and also owns a single living room TV. So if, uh, you know, someone else is watching Netflix on the TV, I can actually like play my Series X like on my phone and still, still game. Yep. And I can also bring it outside the house and take it with me to school. And it seems like, you know, really with Series X and PS5, this last generation of consoles actually pretty drastically improves the experience of remote play. So the experience is even better on the latest generation of consoles. So as we're seeing that as the installed bases continue to climb for both those consoles, um, we're seeing a lot of attach on remote play. And we're hearing stories like people are like, yeah, I'm playing my Series X and PS5, like more so on my phone than on my actual Series X 
and PS5 because I can take it with me anywhere sure. and I can play it in bed and all these crazy things. Like there's even a user who was like, yeah, I actually own both a PlayStation and an Xbox and I can like switch between them in the backbone app. Seamlessly. Uh, and like, yeah. <laughs> And switch yeah. between them in the background app and I don't have to like boot up my TV and like turn on my remote and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're so absolutely right. The remote play is a big part of what we offer in the Xbox ecosystem. And then of course we plus it up because even if you don't have a console, we have Xbox Series X's in the cloud with our xCloud service. So you can still, you can still, you know, stream your games and have access to your games through Game Pass, and Game Pass Ultimate. So that's, that's really a, a great thing. I want to show a couple, we got a couple of video clips here. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to show those because this one's actually really, there's, they're all interesting, but this one is, let's see if I can bring this up here. Rocket jumping is physically impossible. So, so there's, this is the Halo Infinite uh, beta that we had, um, the tech preview that happened, uh, God, it was about a month ago. I'm sure you played a lot, didn't you, Neat? Yeah, that's actually a clip of uh, me playing. And what you probably didn't realize is that I actually played that while I was waiting for the ferry uh, at, by Orcas Island. So I was playing it, you know, remotely over like basically LTE or 5G. Right. And I recorded that clip with Backbone's capture tools, which are embedded in the device and the software. Right. So yeah, so that's that's, so that's really, I mean, it's only a, it's a quick clip there, but it's pretty amazing. I also want to point out that, you know, I, I mentioned this, alluded to this at the, at the beginning, is that this is a device that is your partner of Xbox. You've been approved. We have to kind of test it, make sure it works. So you're on our approved list. You also did the hard work. It's it's on the Apple, uh, the approved list. You're, you're an official iOS device. I can see a little lightning connector in there for my iPhone. So, I mean, you've yep. done this. I think this you're the only device that's like done all this hard work in terms of getting the <laughs> approval and working with, because working with Apple and frankly, working with us, I mean, that's not that, not that it's hard, but we want to make sure it's a good experience for gamers. Totally. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we're kind of at this nexus of all these different platforms. So it's definitely really interesting. And really Backbone has like two products, right? We have Backbone One, which is our device. And we believe it's the best in class device for, you know, playing games yeah. on mobile, mobile phone. Uh, right now it's available only on iOS, uh, not on, on Android yet, but you can sign up for the waitlist yeah. on our website at playbackbone.com. And secondly, we have uh, Backbone Plus, which is our service that basically turns your device into like a feature-rich home for gaming on mobile, as I described. And that includes the Backbone app as well. So obviously the device uh, is kind of a in the design for Xbox program and, program and also for the made for iPhone program. So we were kind of flitting across the boundaries with that. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's, that's great. Now I want to show, I've got another little video here that we can kind of show, which kind of shows the device. And I don't know if you want to walk us through. I mean, we're seeing the launcher here. Here you're playing xCloud, right? That's right. So I'm playing Xbox Remote Play. So I'm using Backbone's home screen to launch into Xbox Remote Play and play some uh, Halo Infinite. Right. This is when the tech preview was out last month. And are you doing this on the ferry on Orcas Island again? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I did. This one was not. <laughs> As you can see, I'm, I'm hitting more shots. <laughs> now, now, so how do you say that? Because we're kind of watching the Halo here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in, the, in this letter you wrote, you talked about playing Halo 3 in high school. Did you... You know, as somebody who is obviously a Halo player and, and familiar, it how did it feel? I mean, it must have felt great. Oh, it's it's incredible. Uh, honestly, uh, I just as I described earlier the the story with uh, John Carmack talking about Oculus being like religion on contact. When I experienced cloud gaming, it was just one of those moments where I mean, it literally motivated us to start a company, right? Right. Because we were just so compelled by the experience. So what what the work being done at uh, Xbox as well as elsewhere to enable this future where you can play games to any on any device in your life is unbelievable, right? I mean, before that, uh, when I was growing up, you had to have like a 
$500 box or $300 box under you had to have the TV. TV you had to have the cables you had to have the internet I mean it was all it was it was rather cumbersome even in just you know you're younger than I am significantly but even in just your short age you've seen a tremendous leap in the technology haven't you yeah yeah and I, I think uh, um, gamers are starting to really embrace it because in many ways it's just complementary right. to the experience you have in the living room it's not meant to supplant it in any way and the Xbox team frequently talks about this so we really view it as an extension of your gaming experience for yep. core gamers. But then they're also like new casual gamers, like the folks that, you know, the 2 billion people that play games on mobile devices that maybe previously only had access to uh, Candy Crush. So when you pair Backbone with a service like Xbox Cloud Gaming, someone this could be someone's like first dedicated like gaming experience, like the yeah. first real core gaming experience. Well, to your point, uh, you know, when I was talking with Phil about this, in fact, I just saw him a couple days ago in person. We were at a meeting and I told him I was going to interview you and he says, hello. He says, he's so nice, but he, he's definitely aware of you. Um, and uh, also Aaron Greenberg says hello as well. So, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it, and that's, that's Phil's vision. That's how we're going to get to two, three billion players is that we know that not everybody can have access to a console but most of the planet has a device here as a personal, you know, as a personal phone that you can snap a backbone on. I've got another video here. I was wondering if you could tell us about this one here and walk us through what we're seeing here. Yeah, so this is the new backbone home screen. Um, we've really revamped the backbone up app as of last week. And one of the biggest things we've done is we've kind of unified all the gaming services in one place. Right. So for example, if you wanted to play, you know, Xbox Cloud gaming games or you know, Stadia games or Luna games or GeForce Now games, they all kind of appear in one centralized place, which makes it really easy to find the latest games you want to play. Because if you want to figure out what games you can play on your phone, you have to maybe go to a different site to figure out what are the latest games on Apple Arcade or like what are the latest games on xCloud and so on and so forth. And we actually um, did a partnership with Twitch to actually use uh, IGDB, which is the sort of backend that they use for Twitch to have all this like games metadata. Yep. Um, and that enables us to have like awareness of games across all these different services. So you see that in the Backbone app, like the latest Xbox Cloud gaming games will appear there as long as as with all the other services as well. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of this, as you said, you're talking about Roku and having it be this one place for streaming. You're, you're, you guys have kind of built this one-stop shop for gaming. Uh, I know I know, I need to let you go because we got a lot going on, but um, I, I, I want to, where do folks buy these? That's what they're going to want to know. Where do I get this and how do I find it and what do I do? <laughs> yeah, totally. So you can buy Backbone One on our website or also on Amazon. Um, it's the number one selling product on Amazon in the category. You can also get it as of, last week in GameStop stores uh, throughout the U.S. and on GameStop.com. Well, that's congratulations on that. Mini, it's such it's such a great, uh, great chance to have a chance to talk to you. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations to your team on bringing this vision. And, uh, I, you know, on behalf of everybody at Xbox, we're, we're cheering for you. We'll do what we can to help you along here. And thank, thanks thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for the opportunity. All right, that, Larry, that last conversation with uh, Mini, that was like, unexpectedly touching so i i love this story it's it is inspiration i mean i'm gonna i'll let you read i don't want to read it because i don't want to you know he sent it directly to me so i'm not going to read it on the air here but it was uh it was such a touching story and seriously i keep this right on my desk here with this with this backbone and i'll be taking this backbone with me when i travel i'll be traveling for the holidays uh and this will be great to have on to do some x cloud action so thank you yeah he was yeah i got one of those too and i will say that uh i was very relieved when because I, I, this was the year I upgraded my iPhone. I had been on a 10, so I got the 13. And I was like, please don't switch it to USB-C so that my backbone will still work. And right. We're good to well, go. You also, you also if I remember correctly, because I have the, um, I've got the, the, 
the Pro Max here, you have uh, you've got you've got the little baby phone, don't you? It's not a baby phone. It's just the regular iPhone. Th- I don't. I got used to the smaller phone, and now the other one. It just seems like you're dragging a refrigerator around with you. But whatever you like, whatever you got, the three lenses. So. That's all that matters. Anyway, uh, yeah. What I uh, no, Who's- I feel. I feel bad that I I haven't written you a letter. You know, I mean, would I be here without you? Oh, stop I don't it! Think so stop I don't it. think so. Stop it! You brought me in, so now you were I got destined for greatness. We were destined for greatness, regardless if I was involved or not. Sure, sure. I I, well, I, 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 don't, I don't like to take too I much. Owe cre- you. I, I owe you. I owe you. Look, you're an inspiration. It's you well, it is just it's. It, I'll never forget that uh, that afternoon at Universal Studios in Florida. <laughs> so. It all began there. And, and what's really funny is I ended up meeting one of the PR people that was there. I ended up meeting and staying in contact with him. And I helped him get a, a recommended him at least for a job elsewhere in the industry that he got. So oh, that's great. It's really is, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and like what that could turn into. So I, I think it pays to be nice to people. Do you know, do you know, I don't know if I've ever told you the story. I think I told it in the, in the PAX um, keynote that I did in Australia many years yeah. ago. One of the things I did when I was at Syracuse is when I when I went to college for the first time, and this actually, and I actually re- replicated it again when I came to work at Microsoft 20 years ago, was every single day I wanted to meet a new person. Hmm. And that was my, for the first year, that was my goal when I got to, when I was at Syracuse. So by the time I graduated, I knew a ton of people. Um, and granted, some people, you, you, you basically just start making those connections. And when I came to Syracuse, or when I came to Microsoft, uh, I did the same thing. Hey, I, I want to just, what do you do? How do you, oh, that's great. So you never know what connections will make. I had somebody reach out to me who's worked in the car industry who may go work on the Forza team because he and I met at a car show five years ago. So you just never know. That's to Jeff, to your point, Jeff. Yeah, that's, uh, I would say, great advice. We do get asked from time to time, like, how do you get here? And the reality is, if you tried to trace it back, it would be, you know, you would look like Charlie from, you know, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny, like with the strings all over the wall. And, right. you know, you, you, it'd be almost impossible to chart it back. But I think it all does come down to that. And, you know, these chance conversations. So anyway, Let's thanks, talk Larry. News. I'll, I'll write the letter. I'll write oh, the letter. I'll expect it. And, and by the way, he's got lovely penmanship. Some, he really a lot does. of people don't have I'm good penmanship nowadays. No, I mean... How is that even possible? He doesn't even have lines on the paper. So <laughs> let's talk about, so we talked about anniversaries. You've been here uh, now, what did you say? 18 years? Uh, no, no I've, I've been at Xbox for 18 years, working on 21 yeah. at Microsoft. Right. Okay. And, and you've been here eight now, years. I've been eight, here eight years. And now, completely unrelated, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Xbox. So there is an Xbox anniversary celebration taking place this coming Monday, November 15th on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. That'll be 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time. There's a matching controller, which is very nice. We've looked at that in the previous time. 6 p.m. GMT. Um, And and you're a little closer to this this, uh, stream than I am, Larry. This is not... This is not like an E3 showcase no. or Gamescom game showcase or no. wh- fill, fill us in here. Well, I can't tell you too much. All I can tell you is this isn't going to be like, we're, we're not showing off new games. No, this not, that's not what this is about. This is about a celebration that, frankly, Xbox has been on because of you, the community. So you're going to see some really cool stuff there. We've got a lot of stuff to show, and you're going to hear from some, some great people that you may not have heard of from in a long time, or maybe you've never heard from at all. Uh, but it's a celebration of Xbox, 20 years of Xbox, because it has been, that's an extraordinary uh, a milestone for anything. 
Um, and the, you know, the fact you're going to hear, you're going to hear, um, you're going to hear some cool stuff. And I, I know you're really, folks are going to like this stream, but again, this is not about ah, new games and then all of a sudden, no, no, that's, that's not what this is. This is about celebrating Xbox and doing a little something for y'all. Well, we look forward to seeing you on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's going to be fun. Larry. Yes. Uh, a bit of an announcement that came out yesterday. Um, so we're all big fans of Xbox Design Lab because, yes. I mean, I'm a big fan of Nike ID. I love to be able to customize my own stuff. People, they like to customize their things. And we have heard he, By the way, as clear, he says, as he sits there in his shirt that matches the lighting, the, the lower half happens to match the colors in the screen behind you. Like, so, so get up a little bit. Show me. Because the purple kind of matches what's the, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, we've talked about this before. Like my wardrobe, even before the pandemic was getting very close to like about 50%, you know, let's call it branded casual. Shall we? (laughs) We can do that. And I, I mean, I haven't gone anywhere. No, in the last, uh, I went to one funeral and, uh, that's it. You went to Mexico for the last two years. I did go. Well, sure. But I I, like, haven't had occasion to like buy any new clothes or anything like that. But branded t-shirts have still, I have a nice obsidian t-shirt that they sent. I, I, I've gone past 50%. I'm, um, I am, and you know what? It's comfortable. I love it. It represents who I am. And you know what else does? New options for Xbox Design Lab, which are now available. So um, this is one that I made. Oh, glove, glove type. See, this is me. I'm filthy amateur and you, you're a professional. Let's see what you did. So this one actually <laughs> was sent to me. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. So kind of looks like it. Kind of looks like the Minecraft pig. Yeah, it does. Bit, right. But you know, to your point, it's some of the new features. Of course, you got the engraving on there. But talk about some of the new features that we have now in Design Lab that were announced this week. Exactly. So, so all the features that were there are still there, but there is now metallic finish colors, 19 of them, which you can see very clearly on Larry's, on both the D-pad and the triggers. Look at that. So, yeah, uh, same thing here. Nice and shy. It's very metallic. And this one, actually, my, I let my daughter design it, so this one is for hers. You've got a new color, which is Dragonfly Blue, which- uh, Is that what yours is? The one here? Yeah. Yeah, I believe I did select that one. Uh, mili- there's a military green that's been updated to nocturnal green. It's got a richer color. Um, there's been a few things uh, that have just been updated to like match uh, sort of our more iconic iconic Xbox colors. Like there's green. another green too, isn't there? Um, there? There's multiple. There's more colors. And then also there's a new option on the face buttons. Uh, which is black letters on a white background that was not I, there before. I think I've got so that. So we've got that option now. And then um, here. We also had the, the black rubberized grips, which are like very nice. Like a lot of the sort of like the the limited edition controllers that you've been seeing show up um, have these rubberized grips and it feels really good. Almost like it's, it's I would say, probably inspired by the Elite controller. And it's, yeah. it feels good. It looks good. It looks the way you want it to look. And um, and so customized controllers start at $69.99. And uh, there's all kinds of different optional things that you can do. Again, like I said, the grips and the metallic finishes. And so get engraved price points. And of course, you can get it engraved, which we've always had. So (laughs) and with the right um, planning, because I've seen this, Jeff, these make fine gifts for your groomsmen for a wedding. (laughs) 
No, actually, because I've been thinking about like, what do we do for for Christmas? And I feel like it is a good. I might do I that. think you so, may you may you may be a little close to that deadline. Like you may be missing Christmas at this point. Have we got a month and a half? I don't know. We'll see how long it takes, but I'm sure it'll say correctly on the website. Um, and uh, these are available in the U.S., Canada, and Western European countries. So check it out over on the accessories part of Xbox.com and uh, share your designs with us. Would love to see. Yeah, what please you come do. Up with. Because it's amazing with the colors. Like I remember with the the last Design Lab update when they relaunched it a few months ago, we had like some of the OG or the 360 ones. Remember, some people were trying to get those colors in there. So there's some cool stuff over there. Look, always always love to see designs because some some people just have this great sense of design, and some people probably shouldn't be left to their own devices. So, <laughs> and I'm one of those. Yes, yes. So um, let's just talk a little bit about games. So as we had talked about in the interview, Battlefield 2042. Is available now through uh, EA Play. If you got either the you know the deluxe, I think the gold version of the game is called, and the ultimate version of the game, or if you've got Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or Xbox Game Pass for PC, that gets you EA Play and that gives you early access. I think you get somewhere in the neighborhood of ten hours of early access. All the information is over on on Xbox Wire, but there's also a lot of updates to to other games. So uh, we got this week an update from Back for Blood. Back for Blood, we played. Available on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, played a ton of it. We played yeah. a ton of it this year. And um, around this time, some people might have already cleared. I'm not, I'm not there, but cleared the campaign. And so what's coming next? And the good thing is that uh, the good folks at WB uh, and Turtle Rock are thinking about that and have revealed their post-launch content plans. So uh, this month, there's going to be some like quality of life improvements and, and bug fixes. But then as we get into December, you start to see new content. There'll be a solo offline mode, which allows you to progress the uh, campaign, which was something that was, uh, I'm assuming, requested. Uh, new uh, card types, new uh, progressions, uh, the supply lines, as they call them, where you get to unlock new things and abilities for your players. And then they're talking about uh, a annual pass, which will have major expansions, the first one being Tunnels of Terror, comes out next year so it's good to see that they're going to keep putting tunnels of in. terror so we, tunnels oh. of terror i mean it sounds right. sounds pretty scary so anyway available on xbox game pass so you'll definitely want to check it out um the annual pass uh is something that is part of the deluxe edition if you had picked that up or you can get it a la carte to uh, uh, add on to your uh add on to your your game pass version of the game remember a couple of years ago I think it's one of your best interviews you ever did. What would you put up there? What would you say was your your favorite interview you've ever did with a celebrity guest? Well, there's favorite in a bit. I mean, I, certainly when I interviewed Bill, uh, probably, sure. <laughs> probably, probably when I was with Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that was the right answer because that was an amazingly entertaining one. <laughs> he was very funny, and that was for Jurassic. Uh, for Jurassic World, that evolution that right. was like sort of the park building game. Well, Jurassic World Evolution Two is available now for Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. It's got more dinosaurs, more things to do. And leaning into Jeff Goldblum, there's uh, a mode called Chaos Theory, which if you remember that famous scene from, uh, you know, the, when the movie it, in the first one where he dropped the water on his hand and talks to, that's all I know about Chaos Theory. It's all anyone knows about Chaos Theory, I'm sure. Unless there's a chaos theorist uh, out there. Um, well, anyway, and there are voices that are, 
that are voiced or characters that are voiced by the people from the movies, Bryce Dallas Howard reprising a role as Claire, uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, uh, and other folks. So you're going to hear people that you like. So if you like Jurassic Park and you like building a park simulator, the idea of bringing these together is- And if you like dinosaurs- and of course, I mean, who doesn't like dinosaurs? Uh, there's, we actually work with somebody who is who is who hangs up on me on the phone if we're on a call and he ta- I start talking dinosaurs. What? He, what? He what? Hates, this, is there a story here? No, he just Do hates you talk dinosaurs. About dinosaurs a lot. I, I don't know. He just hates dinosaurs. There's 65 million years between you and them. I don't know. I'll I'll tell you who it is off the air. <laughs> it's just as bizarre. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to out his dinos- his Jurassic phobia. Yeah, because it's not like, oh, I, you know, I was on spring break and dinosaurs like, you know, ate right. my, you know, my lunch or. Or when I was I a mean, young like, kid, I got bit by a dinosaur. <laughs> and it changed the arc of my life. I mean, maybe, maybe he was hiking and tripped over a fossil and hurt themselves. He, he anyway. won't even talk about, he won't even tell me what it is. He just hates them. I have to hear this story uh, <laughs> offline, apparently, because I'm just, I mean, at worst, you could be apathetic. But anyway. <laughs> No, he's violent. He's violent about it. <laughs> so I was talking to, I was talking to a good friend of ours uh, from the Xbox on team this morning. Uh, Sam, Sam Bateman. You probably oh, how is Sam Xbox on Sam over in the UK? Be doing well. I mean, Arsenal is in the top five, so he's probably doing as good as as good as I am right now. Which is that, that's good. That's a good thing because it's, it's been a while. Uh, and he was telling me that he was playing. Uh, as we were in a meeting, he told me he was playing Football Manager 2020. Surprise! <laughs> and so both Football Manager 2022 and the Xbox Edition are both available with Xbox Game Pass. Uh, great game for, uh, you know, you think you're better than the coach? Well, let's see it. And so uh, that's a very popular game every year on PC and on console. And uh, if you've got Game Pass, you've got access to Football Manager 2022. And the last thing I want to call out yeah. Um, this is a game about a game that came into Game Pass that caught my eye because I'd heard some really good things about it uh, called The Forgotten City. And what's really interesting, The Forgotten City is a, um, a, a game in a way kind of like Deathloop. And we've seen a couple of these different games. Another one would be Outer Wilds, where you replay the game to try to get, you know, like oh, Outer Wilds. I got to go back to that. I finished it, but there's some DLC that I hear is really good. So you're trying to you're trying to figure it out so you can do it right and escape. And so this was actually based off of a mod, I believe, from Skyrim. And so when you when you look at it, you can see, oh, okay, this is you know you know the way people talk to you and everything. But it looks it's very polished and looks cool, and it takes place. I think your current a current day person goes back into time into ancient Rome, but there's something that's making everybody turn into bronze or gold or something like that. And you're trying to stop that. Right. Uh, but there's, because there's sort of that, um, you know, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court, or, you know, sort of like, uh, I caught your eye, you know, just that sort of like the person from the modern day goes into the past and there's right. just some sort of like fish out of water, um, funny moments that if, I was watching the trailer and, uh, and they were talking about something and it was like, you know, it, it, it was very topical, yet also just made a lot of sense. It was very funny based off of where, you know, they were in that particular era of Rome. So uh, they're, they're comparing it to Groundhog Day. Um, and anyway, it just seems really interesting. I've heard uh, it's like critics, I think it was out on Steam at one point, it, and, uh, or probably still is, and, and it's really great things about it. And it's on Xbox Game Pass, so The Forgotten City. I have it downloaded. 
I need to check it out when I get the chance, but I will report back. It seems seems really cool. I'm looking it up right now so I can download it. Well, there you go. All right, anyway, there it is. Um, I don't know, you made, we brought that up and I just got, I, I love that. It took me a while to get my head around the ship and how it balances. Oh, God, it's so good. Did you play the expansion? Because the expansion no. apparently is is just as big. That's what I just said. I got to play it. game. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it might be worth uh, taking a look at that as well. As because because, game, because at the end of the day, Jeff, I, I really don't have enough games to play. <laughs> Thanks. It's all about prioritization. Lack of choice is not an issue. Not if you're a Game issue. Pass subscriber, uh, it's an all-you-can-eat buffet, but you can't eat it all. So, yeah, the way I talk, it's yeah. funny because I was talking to somebody at Game Pass and I said, I love how it's changed the conversation about, gee, what should I buy to what should we play, right? <laughs> That's it. I mean, look, we've all, we grew up during the era where you had to, you had to take a gamble, you know, you had to say, I hope this game is good. And because you would walk into a story, it would just like surprise it would be there. And I still, there are still games I think about from when I was a kid. And I was like, wow, I made the wrong choice. And then you have to hope <laughs> someone would like let you borrow a, good, a better game and be good, you know, down for a trade. Right. I won't call it. I don't think that the, there's a game in particular that I saved up for a while. And last minute I called an audible because the box looked cool. And I, and I ended up beating the game in about 20 minutes. And I was like, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, because remember, because some of the magazines back then were sealed in plastic because they came with a CD. So you couldn't even look at the review. Well, the other thing was because the reviews, the, it'd take a while for that magazine to come out. So sometimes the game would be there and there would be no reviews. There'd be right. no way to know other than like a, if a friend. But if you had walked in and like that game had come out that week, it was just a complete, it was a complete crapshoot. Right. The fact that you get to try things out and go, oh, I love this or eh, it's not for me. Nothing ventured, nothing gained is, uh, I'm, I, what I'm saying is I'm jealous of the kids, Larry. I'm <laughs> jealous of the kids. They don't know how good they got it. Well, you know what they, you know what I, I am too, Jeff, but you know, it is, it is what it is. Here we are working in the games industry, having some fun. Yes. Yes. That we do. All right. We're going to wrap it up. News, Larry. We're going to thank you, Jeff. Thank you for the news. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. We'll be back next week. Uh, unfortunately, Rebecca will not be with us. We'll see. We should, we should get, see if we can get somebody else to join in on us. We've got a couple of folks around the office. Yeah, no, we should definitely do that. Um, but it's uh, it's we're going to be back, and then then we'll be out for the holiday because we got uh, Thanksgiving coming up in the U- in the U.S. at least. Uh, we'll be dark. For Canadian that. Thanksgiving has already passed. Yeah, so it is. I it's hope like, you had a good one. I'm sure they did. So, all right, gang. Uh, Jeff, any final words before we uh, we let you go? Uh, I've talked entirely too much, but my controller's disconnected, so I'll fix that, and then I'm going to go back because this this in its own way was my own Squid Game, and now I gotta I gotta recoup and i'm just going to jump back into forza for a while all right gang look for us uh, look for us live on forza horizon 5 or our apologies in advance for both jeff and i's drive uh, drive guitar because they are a wee bit ruthless and they're not the best drivers Say, speak for yourself Larry. all right we'll see you guys next week bye everybody bye